night owls welcome to the next episode of isn't it past your bedtime i'm rachel and i'm krista okay so i literally just finished this book like like five minutes before we were supposed to hop on zoom even though we didn't hop on zoom within that five minutes because i'm forgot that i had to rehook my internet up but anyways <laughs> i literally just time. finished this so this is like fresh i'm actually very excited to go first this time i'm not usually full full transparency excited to go first <laughs> because i'm still trying to like organize my thoughts mm-hmm. but because it's so fresh i feel ready i feel ready good so this week what we have for all y'all is a political thriller mm-hmm. um i don't know like, I guess mine technically wouldn't be categorized as a thriller, but like, she's a spy in World War II. It feels like that's it's pretty very thrillery to me. It's like, very thrilling, at least, right? Like, it's exciting. I mean, there's suspense, there's drama. I, yeah. I don't know how much more thriller you can get. I don't yeah. know if it would technically fall under that genre, but it's a very like specific genre. <laughs> so <laughs> we tried, okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. I will say that I started reading it and I ended up enjoying listening it more. I think lately I've just been really leaning towards listening to books because I get through them so much faster. As a kid, I was a really fast reader. So like it made sense for me to read everything because I could consume it in an hour. But guess what? You also have zero responsibilities as a child. You have yeah. nothing else to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have like when you get I off did of work dishes. now. Yeah. You have to do dishes or I need to make dinner or grocery shopper. Right. Like I just don't have time to get everything done. So that's been a real um, eye opener for me because I was kind of like snobby about audiobooks, honestly, at first. Like I just touched <laughs> my nose like I'm snob. Um, because I was like, oh no, you have to like actually read it. I definitely think that they're different experiences when you listen to things than when you read them. Like I, I definitely experience the books a little bit differently, but as an adult, it's just a practicality issue. Well, and I still count it towards like my reading totals. Like when I'm like trying to like counts, like if, especially if I can recall it, like as long as I can recall the book and it wasn't like I had it going on in the background and literally wasn't actually listening, mm-hmm. I think it counts. Yeah, if I pause it for a conversation, I think it counts as a book. Like if I just let it keep running when somebody's trying to talk at me, then maybe oh, not. if you're like, I'll just miss that part. It's fine. Then no, yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah, because yeah. then I wasn't very interested in the book and I probably should have stopped. But if I'm actually like, oh, hold on, I'm pausing it, it counts, in my opinion. I'm just, I've just become an excellent speed listener. Like, it feels like it did when I was a kid when I could, like, speed read, but it's listening. Because I could listen to this book at 1.7. I listen to most things at least 1.7. I know, but, like, I don't even notice it anymore. And, like, that's the weird thing is I start everything at 1.5 now because, like, anything slower, I'm just like, oh, my God, get to the point. I am very much like a 1.1. Like, I started at 1.05 or 1.1. Sometimes I get get to, like, 1.2. 1.25 if I hate the book. If I'm just like mm. trying to finish it, then I have it one at one and a half because I wanted it to end. It I hated the book. It was terrible. Why That's I didn't just give up, I don't know. Started. But. It started that way. Like, honestly, like I started, I, I didn't even like think about there being a speed option on there. Did you know Netflix has a speed option? Like you can speed watch stuff. I don't love it. I haven't gotten into that yet, but um, speed listening a, is my jam. documentary. I'm going to try it. I'll report I tried it on like Grey's Anatomy and it just like made it really confusing and I felt like I was like overwhelmed with what That's was happening much, all at once and I couldn't handle it too fast yeah <laughs> but anyways so the book that I picked for this week for our political thrillers is An Unlikely Spy by Rebecca Starford I have no idea how old this book is I usually <laughs> try to look so that I have some sort of context um one of the things that I liked about this book so it's based around like World War II and 
considering the current era that we live in, I could super see the comparisons between what mm. was happening in Britain and Germany and like the US right now. Yeah. Like it blew me away a little bit. And like, I felt a little appalled because like I've been through American history. Like I know what happened, but I think that like in the moment, like in our current space and time, and then hearing that comparison directly, like it was kind of astonishing. So I definitely do recommend this book. But anyways, this book, um, it bounces around in the timeline a lot, but basically it is takes place between about 1940 to 1949, I believe is the time frame. But like the chapters will bounce back and forth, but not every chapter. So it will be like, this section is 1940 and then give you like three chapters. And then like mm. this section is 1948 and then give you a few chapters. But basically what happens here is Evelyn, who is the main character, back during World War II, so in 1940, she uh, was a spy. I mean, she ends up working for MI5 for British intelligence, and uh, she's essentially tasked with seeing who is working to create secret societies within Britain that sides with Germany. So they're looking for German sympathizers. (laughs) So the book uh, starts in the current, well, quoting for current the future of this book is like 1948 so this book starts in 1948 where Evelyn has this past and she's trying to start anew um you don't know everything obviously that goes down like it all kind of unfolds throughout and it's very interesting journey and I I I did definitely see some of it coming but some of it I was surprised Mm -hmm. espionage yeah um So the war is over and Evelyn's trying to, you know, move on with her life, despite whatever she has done in the past or whoever she was, um, as a British spy, essentially, um, (laughs) working for MI5. It just sounds so fancy, right? Like I would love to. I thought it was MI6. MI6 come later. There's different departments. Like they're, it's different. Yeah. This is what they call them. It's like military intelligence sector five. So then the next one's like military intelligence sector six. So they each have like a different like job role essentially. Like, so it depends on what they're doing. And then you can't know what it is. Like I can't know. Right. It's not a number. That's smart. Like I was confused too. Cause I was like, I thought it was MI6. Cause I was like, I think that's the thing I've heard. Yeah. That's like the one I've ever heard. That's what it sounds like to me. And so, cause like when she broke it down where she was just like, oh yeah, it's military intelligence sector five. I was like, oh, that's why this is a different sector. So in 1948, 1949, I can't remember exactly which year, she is trying to move on with her life. The war is over. She's living in London. So this whole thing is based in Britain, obviously, if it's British intelligence. Um, And uh, Evelyn is probably, I don't remember exactly how old she is at this point, but I would venture to guess she's probably about her mid to late 20s. So throughout this book, she like kind of starts off as like late teens to like mid to late 20s. So that's roughly the range we're looking at here. So it's very relatable. Um, so Evelyn has like, she's going to hang out with a friend, this guy named Steven. She's like trying to rebuild her life. She's never had like a serious relationship before because even though the war is over, she still feels like she needs to be secret and in hiding because she was a spy and she's ashamed of like some of the things that, that went down that unfold throughout the book that you kind of find out. So she's going out with this, this man friend of hers who essentially she's unwilling to admit is like her boyfriend. Like she's not (laughs) willing to get close to anybody basically is what it is. Like, she's like, what if something happens? Like, what if he finds out about my past? Like, so a lot of this story when it's bouncing back and forth between like then and now, you know, 40 to 48 is like 
Evelyn trying to figure out like who she is because she spent most of her life trying to assimilate with other people, whether it was by necessity for school. So she grew up um, in a, like a poorer area in like Sussex, which is like outside of London. Right. So it's like the boonies of London. <laughs> so I kind of gather about Sussex and the way people talk about it. I don't know anything. So don't take it whatever we don't yeah sorry that's just that's the understanding that I have of Sussex like people would make fun of like her accent and that kind of thing so like that's kind of what I would imagine like people being like oh you're really country you know what I mean like that that kind of vibe um so she grows up outside of Sussex which is uh or in Sussex outside of London and she's incredibly smart though and so she ends up getting a scholarship when she's younger to go to a private school in London. And um, at this point, she kind of starts to distance herself from her own family because she feels like that's what she needs to do in order to, to thrive in her in her new environment, right? Like it, it doesn't help her image if every weekend her parents are coming in and knockoffs and, you know, bedraggled and not looking like dressed to the nines, like everyone else's family is like, it kind of ruins that image that she's trying so hard to create. So she spends all of her school years trying to create this like society person so that she can kind of move up in class. And I know that at this time, that's one of the easiest ways, you know, other than like marrying is to like, basically just pretend until like people believe you. It's like she ends up making best friends. Right. Exactly. Fake it till you make it. I mean, it pans out like it for a lot of people, it does confidence is like 80% of it. So she ends up making like best friends with this girl, Sally, um, whose dad is like very influential. And so as they get older, um, Evelyn has spent a lot of time like with this family, they kind of like, like she goes there for holidays and that kind of thing, because they're in London and she doesn't necessarily go home. So she's like distanced herself from her actual identity already at this point, you know, in her late teens and kind of assimilated herself into this like richer family that has influence. And so uh, she's working as like an advertiser for a perfume company in like a department store um when the war is starting and the her friend sally's dad hugh is like oh well like i have connections like i'll find you a job in the war office like it's probably going to be like secretarial or whatever but you know it's probably more interesting than what you're doing now and evelyn's like yeah absolutely she studied german in school which at this point is very useful yeah (laughs) like this is this is the time this is your moment um so uh evelyn ends up working for the war office but she doesn't actually work for the war office. She actually works for MI5. But so she has to, at this point, already start dividing her identity further because she has to like not tell her family and friends where she's actually working. Like literally all she's allowed to say is like the person that she works for. And she's supposed to say that she works at the war office. Like that's all she's allowed to say. So no one thinks she does anything of importance, right? Where really she's like doing things like like tracking shipments and um, like the people that she works around do more like espionage type stuff where like they are, they have targets where they go out and they have to talk to them and then they come back with information. So Evelyn with her German skills is brought in for an interview one time because this person uh, that they were trying to interrogate didn't speak any Dutch or English, which is the only languages their other interpreter spoke, which I think it's funny because like if it's German why would you not bring in someone who spoke German yeah if this Whatever. is this is the war you're in the it's, middle of why would you bring but... in someone who only speaks English and Dutch this doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me maybe they just didn't have someone available um they were out with this with a cold it, it could be that and so they ended up bringing Evelyn in and she gets in, she gets some information out of the guy and then obviously the guy's pretty pissed and they have to do their whole thing because she like promises them that he's gonna be fine then they're like now we're gonna hang him um <laughs> oops so you know there's that whoops so there's some learning curve there um but uh so her friend sally from from school had this cousin julia 
And Julia is another one of the main characters for this story. So Evelyn encounters her at multiple different parts um, of her life. So Julia is a couple of years older and she's always kind of seemed like like interesting and like she wants to be different and you know fuck the system like the Evelyn met her because she was outside like smoking a cigarette when they were supposed to be in class and like she would tell her about like these secret tunnels where you could get to like the sea from their school but you're not supposed to go and like most girls don't want to go because it's dark and they're afraid of being attacked like all this stuff but like Julia is just like super like blase about all of this like she's very much like I'm like what's a good word for her like kind of careless hmm. I mean she's from an affluent family so she feels like she's pretty untouchable you know yeah. what I mean like as far as like actual repercussions for her actions so Julia pops in and out throughout this whole story um one of the things at the very beginning is that when uh Evelyn is meeting with Stephen her friend that is her not boyfriend in 1948 <laughs> or 1949 is that they're at dinner and this woman shows up that Evelyn just like immediately like her blood runs cold she was it's Julia and she's terrified and so this whole book you're trying to figure out like what does Julia know and you know it has something to do with what Evelyn did as a spy but you don't know everything right at once right and so this whole book is like I think Julia knows this I'm like no that's not it I'm like maybe it's this I'm like no that's not it (laughs) like it's it's kind of an adventure because I'm trying to figure out like at what point do we find the drama that like Evelyn's so afraid of and like why is she so afraid to like have a life outside of the war you know what I mean and so throughout the story um Evelyn is given like different assignments to like go be a spy and I I don't want to give away the like the twist because it was pretty impressive but essentially Evelyn's just afraid to let anybody in. She hasn't spoken to her parents since the war. She tells everyone that they're dead. And this whole thing is like her just trying to like protect herself, but also not living her life post-war because of the things that she had to do for MI5, which was mostly like trying to like infiltrate secret societies. Like there's like a lion society that she has to uncover. That's like one of the main things that she does. But she finds out that like, you know, other people that you know might be involved. Like it could be right under your nose. Um, So like you do see that like the way that Julia interacts with her in the future is clearly intimidating. And so it's just a lot of like trying to figure out like at what point does that moment happen? And it really doesn't happen until like the very end. Like I was kind of hanging in there because I was like, oh my God, when is it going to happen? Like I was on the edge of my toes. So, or my seat. Oh my God. my. You know what I meant? I was very excited to find out what, like, what the thing was that happened. So I really like this book. I I would say five out of five. I know that I don't like seek out historical fiction, but I always really enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, like I said, the, the comparisons that I could see between our current state um, of affairs and then obviously what's happened in the past. Um, But the way this was written was unfolded really well. Like I definitely felt like I saw some of it coming like how it kind of unwound but um for the most part it definitely kept me guessing yeah so I really enjoyed it I would recommend this book for sure awesome I mean I would say that that's a thriller it sounded very like what's happening what's going on yeah exactly I think so I also finished my book like half an hour before we started recording oh thank god yeah so it's super fresh in my mind too uh, it's Love like it. almost 400 pages though so oh my god yeah it was a big one I didn't realize it when I ordered it how big it was gonna be and then it showed up but I made it we, I finished it so it's fine so I read Wild Justice Sleeps by Stacey Abrams and mm. so 
this is like political thriller slash legal thriller mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of exciting and different um so this one the main character is avery and she is a law clerk for supreme court justice win and um she's been doing that for like a year or i think a little over a year now maybe maybe she's in her second year um but justice win is kind of a dick i guess really like if we're going to be honest about him he's a swing vote for a lot of things that get sent up to the supreme court Mm. um so it's her and this other clerk right now i think matt or mark or something like that um and matt is like in his notes in justice wins notes is um tolerable and avery is considered like adequate and apparently like that's like the nicest comment he's ever said about a law clerk ever oh that's bad because he and that's like because he's just so i don't know old manny dick set in his ways i mean they serve for life and i don't know it's hard to explain traditional him, yeah there we go uh so avery also has an eidetic memory uh but it's not one where she like can instantly like pull up a memory or something she's read like instantly like she all she knows what it is and it's saved in there every now and then her memory is wrong but like more for like not necessarily things that have happened but like something she's read she might get it like a little mm-hmm. off but eventually she can remember what it is but it's not like hey what happened on august 2nd 1974 or whatever and she can recall it um she's also not okay. so she is also like she's gonna be late 20s early 30s because she finished law school and then went straight into being a clerk a lot oh clerk. yeah she's gotta not be super yeah yeah and so her so i'm gonna give you kind of more background on her yeah so her mom um her dad died when she was young i think like eight or something like that yeah i think eight-ish um her they were on a bus and her mom and her dad were on a bus and he died and she lived uh but she got hooked on painkillers and now mm. she does all kinds of drugs she's the heroin the cocaine's the She's always looking for money. Like she, okay. she's her mom is having a rough go of things, if you will. Um, Not great. But Avery like hasn't like she kind of like she wasn't asked directly about it in her interview, and so like she didn't mm-hmm. like tell anybody. Like they don't even know. But then she is like one of her like she's petrified that this information will come out. She's like, oh, like nobody's gonna want to hire me because she did some like kind of shady stuff when she was younger to like get money to feed herself and stuff like that and when she was in college she would go and she'd gamble a little bit because she can count cards but it was only ever enough to like serve her needs like when she Mm -hmm. had enough to like pay tuition for that quarter that semester then she would stop she wasn't greedy about it she was just like i need exactly this much i did it she's practical about it um so the book kind of starts kicks off and justice win has been mentally declining like we don't really know why but like he has been getting more and more erratic he's super paranoid um and like great but also just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't out to get you so like it's like some of his things that he's saying people are like well there's logic in this but like he's great like is he crazy and avery's like no like he is like mentally there like i don't know what everyone's saying and then he falls into a coma he may or may not have attempted suicide which put him into this coma but he's in a coma and they don't have there's nothing in the constitution that says like what we're supposed to do if 
um, a member of Congress falls ill for like this long period of time. Like it says what to do about a president, but there's nothing else. Um, is this the true story? No. Okay. I was like, I don't think this is true. Okay. No, no, this is not true at all. The Stacey Abrams part that threw me. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. So she's got like that extra knowledge to like help sell the story. Um, but so Avery gets called in, like, so this happens. He like falls in his coma at like 2 a.m. or something like that. And like the nurse, yeah, because he has a nurse, um, like a full-time caregiving nurse who so she like calls it in or whatever. But she's like weird about calling it in. Like, because that's like early, early, early mm-hmm. in the book. And she's like, oh, I'm not supposed to. Like, I'm supposed to call this one specific number. Like, I have a deal. Like, I gotta think about my husband. And you're like, why are you thinking about your husband? You're at work, what's going on? And then, like, right before, like, Justice wins, when he, like, has kind of come out, he, like, comes back, and he's, like, tell Avery this, she can save us, and has this whole little, like, speech of, like, this whole thing of, like, what this nurse needs to tell Avery, and she's, like, Hmm. that's so weird, whatever, okay, Um, so Avery gets called in to another justice's office, like, into their chambers, I don't remember her name, but she's, like, the head just chief justice is who she is um so like gets called into her office like she doesn't know that justice win is in a coma right now hasn't heard any of this information yet um because she was late getting into work because like that night she uh her mom like calls her or whatever and is like hey baby girl like i need you to come get me like i need money whatever so avery goes spending like until like 4 a.m trying to find her mom in whatever like druggy house den she's holed up in but she was supposed to get in early because she had like had this whole like she's been like working on this plan for like six years to get like the chief justice to like chat over coffee like she mm-hmm. had this whole thing and it totally failed and you feel so freaking bad for her oh it sucks and then she gets called into chief justice's office like chief justice secretaries call her and they're like she wants you she's like okay maybe like maybe i'm getting like redemption like i get another chance so she yeah. shows up there and chief justice like ross and bog or something like that so she's there and then there's like these two really like stern looking men one is major vance who works for homeland security in the science and technology department which just sounds made up and then fbi agent lee and they're like hey what like we have questions for you and chief justice is like avery like sit down like you got to answer these dudes questions it's just like okay like what is going on and they're like what is your relationship to chief win justice win and she's like uh he's my boss and they're like are you sleeping with him actually they don't come out and say it but they like tiptoe around they allude to it oh god and she's and so and she's at this point she's just like pissed off and she's like just ask me what you want like ask me do you think i'm sleeping with him and they're like okay are you sleeping with him he's like no what and they're like he's married but he's actually in the process of like getting a divorce and so they're like, well, yeah, but he's in the process of getting divorced. And she's like, he is too honorable of a man. Like he would never do that until like it's officially done. Like that's like goes against his one, like his complete ethical code would never allow him to do that. And they're like, how do you know that? And she's like, like you're going to come at me like this. Yeah. Just kidding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. As I said it, I was like, well, you're not. Also, you're not a judge on the Supreme Court. So you I'm don't not. Have- okay. Yeah. My ethics are looser. They don't have to be one, and also that's not to say that the other eight members hold that. Like I said, he's a very particular old man who has his opinions. He's old; it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so they're like going around, and, around and she's like, "What? Like, why are you asking all of me these questions? Like, what in the world is going on?" 
And then that's when they tell her that he's in a coma and he has listed her as his guardian. His like um, his legal proxy. Okay, it's a fair question then. Yeah, and so they're like, this just seems like weird. Why would you do that? Yeah, and then like, oh, do you know about that? And she's like, no. Like, what are you talking about? What? Why is this? Why me? What's going on? Um, and so now basically, she has this, and she like she doesn't want it. She doesn't know what's going on. Like all these people are like speculating about what's going on. The ex-wife is tries to like get an injunction basically to like take it back. So that way she can pull the plug. Yeah. Which you all first off, you're like, eh, weird. I'm like, that's but, a money move. Yeah. And so then, um, and then also you're kind of like, okay, why is Homeland Security and the FBI? Why are they both here? Like, that's kind of overkill. Weird. Yeah. A little bit suspicious going on there. Um, Avery ends up going to, I'm going to kind of just like jump all over the place, which is like highlights of the early part of the book because so much happens. It's a giant book. You're doing a great job. I'm so interested. So Avery ends up going to this guy, Noah, who is um, Justice Wynn's lawyer, like the one who like wrote up all of this. And Mm -hmm. is like, hey, like, I don't want it. And he's like, okay, if you don't want it, it goes to Celeste, the soon to be ex-wife. And she's like, what? No, it can't go. She's like, I want to pick Chief Justice Rochbaum or whatever her name is. I want her to be it. And he was like, no, you can't do it. He was like, he was very specific in his will. And so then she like starts looking at the will and she's like, okay, like who else like gets money? Hmm. And like all of the estate goes to his son, Jared, who hasn't spoken to Jared since he was 12. So his first wife died when Jared was 12 and he like shipped Jared off to go live with his aunt and uncle and like hasn't spoken to him since. Awful. Yeah. Like literally they haven't, Jared like tried from like age like 12 to 18, like multiple times a year to reach out and like. Never did it. He would never, never reach out, never separate, nothing like that. Should not have procreated. So according to the aunt, the aunt's thought is that uh, um, Jared just reminds him so much of his wife, like his one true love. Jared just thinks his dad's a dick. So I think that one. I vote latter. Yeah, that's what I think too. Um, And so, but so basically what it is, is that uh, Justice Wynn knew that Avery would never give it up if she knew it went to Celeste. So he basically like forces her hand into keeping guardianship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she Rude. Says, she gets this call from the nurse. Like she friendly is like checking her voice. But this also this entire book takes place in like two weeks. Oh so wow! Because we're, we're two weeks out from the end, like the close of the term or whatever. Um, mm. Like when they go on their recess, and they are currently in talks of trying to figure out there's this um case is currently going on about this merger of an american bio company like biogenetics company merging with an indian an indian pharmaceutical company they're like, gonna mm. merge but the president president stokes said he put said no national security you can't do it and so now it went to supreme court to be like is that true is it national security we should not allow it or is he overstepping his reach right and it was believed that justice win was going to be the swing vote and who was going to push the merger through and say yeah you're good we can merge and so then Mm. you also like get these jumps to the president as to why he doesn't want it to go through so you're like okay like something's a little sus with definitely mr president fishy yeah and he's good old southern boy bible bell you know integrity of marriage those that's that's kind of the president he is he's very very right wing hot terry 
It's always a lie. <laughs> Very right wing. Um, but yeah, so then you like kind of get like his little bits and you're like, I'm like, I don't trust you, sir. Because also he no. wasn't voted in. So he was he was VP. I guess technically he was voted in as VP, but whatever. Um, no, you're not voted in though. People aren't voting for the VP. Yeah, not really, no. So the um, they were like a year and a half or two years into the four-year term and the president had a heart attack. And so then he became president. So he's now going to, like, this will be, like, this following year after this is when he'll be up for re-election. So you're like, okay, like, is he trying to, like... Convenient. Yeah, like, is he claiming national security because, like, he wants those votes of people who, like, think, like, oh, don't mess with the gene. Like, what is going on on that side of it? And then um, Avery, like, a day or two after she, like, discovers that she has the um, guardianship finally is checking her voicemails and at like 4 a.m the night that he falls into his coma she gets a call this really weird cryptic call from the nurse from justice wins nurse that's like Hmm. avery like he was adamant that i call you and i tell you this it's look to the east look to the river something something like somebody's name like lazarus boren save Hmm. us all or save them or something like that and that's you're incredibly like, cryptic and suspicious. Yeah, and she's like, okay, well, that's super weird. So then she goes to this, like, try to find the nurse to be like, what the heck's going on? The nurse has been shot in the head. So she Ooh. flees, understandably. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And, yeah, and so that's when she, like, realizes that Justice Wynn has, like, basically made all these, like, puzzles and all these clues to try, because he figured something out. He figured out something. And he thought that the only way that he could get the world to know to do whatever it was that he wanted like he had this was the only way to do it or something like that because like people who knew this kind of stuff were starting to die or starting to go missing and so like he's like this is the only way and so she ends up like trying to like figure out what all of his clues are but like doesn't want to alert the fbi she doesn't trust agent lee she doesn't trust major vance Mm -mm. um jared who is the son he ends up getting involved because apparently um well actually i'm not going to tell you why or how he gets involved but he gets involved somehow and then like noah justice wins lawyer is involved and then her roommate is like a doctor so she's involved so they're all like trying to figure out like what it actually is figure out what it is that he found how they can get proof of this who they can trust what's actually going on and they have a week and a half basically to do all of this and like she uh, gets hit like she gets like beaten up she gets shot at like oh clearly like, and that's kind of when she's like okay like something is going on like somebody is trying to hide something because people are like attacking me and i don't normally get attacked that's weird uh um, right super good such a good book it was literally one where like i would start reading it and it was like do not talk to me don't look in my general direction because I am pulled in like it's so but the very first chapter is a little slow because it's justice wins like as his like brain is failing him because it does turn out that he has this like uh, degenerative brain disease um mm. and he probably only has like maybe a year or two left um where he like has all of his like faculties about him before he like really starts kind of not doing great anymore um got it and so like yeah his brain is like definitely he has like a tumor growing in his brain basically it's like this is gonna like cause a whole bunch of little brain tumors um so yeah the first chapter is kind of his ranting and ravings which is really hard to follow because it's somebody who's 
brain's not functioning how it should. Um, mm-hmm. But then after that, it like picks up so fast. And you're like, what is going on? Like, who is involved? Like, I told you, like, all the main characters, but it's like, what do they know? How are they involved? Are they going to be able to figure out what is going on? Can they figure it out in time? Can they prove it? Like, mm-hmm. and like, he, because Justice Wynn didn't start, like, he stopped trusting himself. So he would, like, hide things from himself and, like, leave a clue here. So then they'd have to, like, find this clue, Tricky. figure out what it means, find this other one. And like he really liked chess. So like all of these things are kind of like a chess game and all these moves and like yeah. It was a great book. Like 100 percent five out of five. I feel like I could talk about it for way longer, but without saying like I feel like everything else everything. I, yeah, everything else I could say at this point is gonna give something away. Considering like Stacey Abrams wrote it though, like I always think it's interesting when someone who's like actually in politics writes something mm -hmm. like this, it's fiction. So it always makes me wonder like who potentially these characters could be based on or like what situations. But also on top of that, I would think that like the way that things kind of pan out, like she probably keeps in mind like actual legalities of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I don't know how how closely they stick to like reality because it is fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I always I always wonder about stuff like that. Like, hmm, what are they alluding to? Like, yeah. is there a deeper there meaning? Definitely times where you could tell that it's somebody who like has this knowledge because like Noah, the lawyer, like somebody would be saying something and he'd be like, "Well, actually, like we didn't ever technically do this," and like um, just like how all the inner workings like happened and worked and like mm-hmm. even like the interactions with like the chief secretaries and stuff like that like the justice's secretaries and like how all of that like just how those interactions with those people worked out I was like that is so believable and feels so accurate of just like yeah if you want to do this like you need to call this person you can't just do this or like this is how we would interact and like, yeah it makes it feel so much more real mm-hmm. like mine was based on like some so some of the characters of mine I guess were real people but maybe these events didn't necessarily unfold in any way shape or form like mine's straight up fiction but like mm-hmm. considering this is someone who's actually in current politics like I just always wonder like is that actually how it works yeah I cannot <laughs> recommend this book enough like it was a big read but honestly like it didn't take me all too terribly long to get through it's um, good but and it was so fascinating it wasn't like that any like it wasn't like a huge giant twist like you you kind of figure out like some of the twists earlier on but Mm -hmm. then like once you know but then you know all this information because you're jumping around to all these people different people's perspectives even when you know the information you're like okay but like is Avery ever gonna figure this out you're like I know it oh my gosh what are you doing like oh my gosh that's not safe or like just trust this person don't trust that person what are you doing right Um, because I know that as the reader but like she hasn't figured it out the characters don't know it yet yeah Yeah. and like some of the clues when she's trying to figure out the clues and I'm like I don't even know what any of this means like what is happening um it was just done really really well highly recommend so nice we've we've been like kind of killing it at like the book picking lately I feel like they've all been pretty good maybe we've just gotten better at picking that could be it too yeah but gotta be really it. good stuff coming out because i think this one's a new pretty new book um i don't know it probably i think mine's fairly new too just based here, on where but... i bought it i got this one at village books with you so i'm gonna guess it's probably fairly new oh yeah they, this one... a lot of their stuff's newer yeah they definitely carry newer books this one came out in 2021 so 
Oh, so yours is definitely new. Yeah, I should check mine. I'm curious now. But nice. Yeah. Um, can't think of our next topic off the top of my head, but that's okay. Everyone mythology. Just like, mythology. There we go. So yeah, come back, listen to some of that. I mean, that's kind of a total left turn, I think, maybe. I don't Alrighty. know. I'm it's excited. Spice of life. I don't read a whole lot of adult mythology. The last one I read was The Lightning Thief, which is written for 12-year-olds. Great book, though. I read the Goddess of the Moon series. Those were really good, but I'm going to guess that's not adult. It's probably yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's fine. Um, anyways, come back, listen to that. Um, social media is this Instagram, is Natasha Bedtime, Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. You can also check out our website, isnitpastyourbedtime.com to see what's coming up next and what's in our archive. Yeah, I think that's all we got. So bye everyone. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye.